Hey everybody, welcome to a new episode of Film House. Uh, I'm your host yes. for this week, Elise Williams. I'm joined by Ryan Haley. Hey Ryan. Hey. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and James. Hello. <Ooh>. Hey. <laughs> and Patrick. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Patrick Hi. daring to be different as uh, usual. Uh, how are you guys on this fine Nobody cares Dang. how oh. we are. All they care about are movies, the cinema, the golden. We're in the golden age, guys. The golden age oh, of cinema, should, folks. But we should do a we should do a biopic opening. A biopic opening. So, well, James, you're yeah. you're backstage. Mm -hmm. You're standing like this against a wall. Yeah. And then the rest down. of us are all going, James, 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 James. James. And then we hard cut to your and we hard cut James, North Carolina, 1983. He's in a church. I'm in a church sitting there. I look forward a couple pews. There's a full grown man sitting next to his mother and she's kind of massaging and rubbing the back of his neck for the entire mass. We pan down to your groin and you are rock hard. Yeah. I thought he was an infant. Yeah, and then uh, it turns out Elvis stayed in a hotel with me once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Caught him out of dance. Awesome. Mm -hmm. That's basically the whole formula. Yep. <laughs> that is a great introduction, Patrick. Thank you for doing that because it's a great segue to our topic this week, which is biopics. You mean Those... biopic? Biopic. I call them biographical I, films I to said, avoid this discussion. I always altogether. said biopics. Is that like a regional thing or a me being illiterate thing? No, no, no. I think you're right. I, I, I say it how you yeah. say it. I, just, biopic, I was being difficult. Biopic is like a pretentious, like a pseudo pretentious uh, pronunciation. It's always yeah. been biopic. Yeah, it's biopic here in America, man. I always I didn't know. I, I never knew for sure if it was, which I just looked it up, if it was supposed, to, if it was like picture or epic. Uh, because it's either picture. one, it's picture one. It is picture. It's Bio a biographical picture. motion picture. <laughs> yeah. I know, but it could also but. be biographical epic because most of them uh, are mm, epics in that they follow mm. someone from like birth to death. Not jobs. Not jobs. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. There's there's probably more that don't do that than do it. This is a great this is a great episode so far. I'm only at least get control of us. Here yeah, we go. Yeah. The biopic is something I want to talk job. about because I had some inspiration recently that presented the topic to me. But anyway, you put it, the biopic is Hollywood's Oscar bait card. You know, come awards season. If you can accurately portray a dead other celebrity, like you're being <laughs> accurately. Yeah, Sometimes. or inaccurately. Yeah, I, as, either way, as we've seen. Yeah, um, there are the handful of times where someone has thought it was a sure thing to do a biographical film, and then it's like, I mean, my favorite is of course Jared Leto as Mark David Chapman. Um, oh, yeah. it's like, it's like, I'm gonna, you know, you know, as he's like shoveling donuts in his mouth, he's like, I'm gonna win another Oscar for this one. <laughs> yeah. uh, well. What it wasn't Jared Leto that caught my attention this time. It was an upcoming Hulu series called Pam and Tommy, which is a yeah, uh, it is well, it's biographical in a sense because it chronicles the torrid relationship of Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, and they've released cast photos um, of Lily James and Sebastian Stan, who are playing the titular heroes? Question mark. Sure, of our leads. story. 
Lee. Yes, so. and, yeah. and it's just, I just wanted to, to talk about these photos. Sorry, audio listeners, but it's un, pretty uncanny, like what they've managed. It's like, pretty good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's, I give them a, an eight. Okay. An eight? All right. That's a very high for, score. Room for improvement, though. You I know, mean, like, uh, you can tell they're trying to be them. They yeah, look exactly I, like them. there's yeah. a couple there's a couple things here. I think I think it does look really, really good. There's a couple things, though, that stand out to me. It's that normally you get like beautified, like like you're like, oh, this is who it's actually based. On. We we cast Charlize Theron to play this, you know, serial Eileen, killer or whatever. Yeah. And uh, and so it's like there's always this Hollywoodification. Sebastian Stan as Tommy Lee is one of the first examples of a less attractive version. <laughs> I think he's a fine looking man, but for whatever reason, when you see them side by side, you're like, oh, Tommy Lee is like much more of a handsome rock star than Sebastian Stan. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Tommy Lee also looks star. like a fucking scumbag. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Sebastian Stan does not. Yeah. Sebastian even, Stan looks like even he wore with eyeliner the, uh, tattoos to get scumbaggy. It's, yeah. yeah. One one thing I want to point out here is I don't think that Lily James is really biting on Sebastian Sam's nipple. Yeah, that to, isn't as much as she should be. Exactly. Yeah. She should have been biting uh, more nipple. Also, the uh, uh, Sebastian doesn't have. The, the, they went. Oh yeah, he's missing on the all tattoo. the rest of the tattoos, but the tattoo under his belly button would really uh, you know bring the whole piece together. I feel like they could license it maybe. They can license it. Also, his <laughs> pants are way lower than Tommy Lee's. <laughs> like, he is right at the dick line. I feel like Tommy Lee has like, I don't know, he's got some leeway there, but Sebastian You can Stan. really tell that the nipple is in between Pamela's teeth. Like, you can see okay, that there's Okay, all like... right, so... Yeah. <laughs> good episode thus far. Um, but well, yeah, I, I think... Go ahead. I, no, sorry. Sorry. Finish saying. I was just going to say Lily James is definitely a standout. Like okay, she yeah. she I mean, she's a very attractive woman. But the what they've done to her to make her I mean, the push up bras and what have you to <laughs> make her come off very Pamela Anderson. I was thinking about it, though. And like Pamela Anderson was always kind of compared to this, like almost manufactured Barbie doll. And I wonder if that worked to their benefit in this. Like they're like, oh, yeah, we'll just. Put the parts where the same parts were f that we put for Pamela Anderson, you know, like <laughs> yeah. kind of in that way. We have the blueprints for her, what so is, right? What does she yeah. look like? Are there like photos of her without like the of hair? James? The... Yeah, I mean, like you no, can look Pamela up like Anderson. photos. Maybe Cody will find one photo of like a pretty youthful Pamela Anderson, mm -hmm. you know, before she was like super bleach blonde and, and wore a lot of the heavier eye makeup. The thing about Lily James is like, you look at Lily James and you're, and you're like, okay, well, some of the bone structure is there. Like, I kind of get it. But when before they released these photos, I was like, man, this is going to be wild to see what mm -hmm. they do to transform yeah. her into this look. And it's pretty uncanny. Like, it's and yeah. she's got prosthetics and stuff on. I'm more curious mm -hmm. what they did with her eyebrows because like they shaved them off and drew new uh, ones on. They, though? Yeah. If, yeah. if I would, I would be like, you're not allowed to shave off my eyebrows because they are not going to grow back. The they also do that check in royalties. You're gonna do it. Eyebrows grow back, don't they? Not especially if you pluck them. They're not gonna grow back the same way. I f a generation what, of '90s girls learned that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
Yeah, and the tan. Yeah, it's pretty young it, tan. It, it, I mean, it, it looks great. Like, but I do think there's a lot of kudos to the makeup and the costume designers, like the the hair and makeup department, and the costume designers, because like, yeah, it is funny to think that's like, wow, they look exactly like. Oh wait, what was Pamela Anderson? She was a spray tan with like right big breasts and you know uh, that classic. She was like the 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 embody, embodiment of the makeup style from the from the nineties of yeah, shaving your eyebrows, drawing lots of on some, some, some eyeshadow and such. I think Lily James might be wearing fake teeth. That's her. Oh, probably. Maybe, uh, but she's, she's not using the fake teeth because she didn't get that nipple. Right. We we already (laughs) went over this. Who played them in the, who played them in the Motley crew movie? Was Pamela Did, Anderson? That's a question. No, did you see the Motley Crew? What was it called? Dirty. <laughs> oh, Has anyone it. seen the Dirt, Motley Crew? Dirt. I've I, seen I, it. I didn't see it. I really wanted to see it. It's pretty bad. It's terrible. Is it? I want to see yeah, it because it's, it's made by the Jackass guy. I mean, I that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is, uh, but it's not good. I, I would say yeah. like it actually suffers from the same thing that almost every single biopic biopic whatever we decided on suffering oh, what is that machine gun kelly was tommy lee that makes sense okay yeah. we're discovering this now uh, <laughs> uh yeah. i do think like james mentioned the makeup artist and sometimes with the with the award season when it comes around it's like what really should be acknowledged is that you made this person resemble this other person not their performance or the movie itself mm-hmm. like people Correct. it's just the 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 smoke show of like oh this person looks a lot like this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, as there you is know, an awards category for that. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it, as you know, most uh, of the Academy voting audiences can't tell the difference between acting and looking like something that already exists. I still stand that Johnny Depp should have gotten an Academy Award for Captain Jack Sparrow, but he was not. You couldn't compare him to someone. I'm pretty sure he lost that year to someone who was portraying someone that looked like somebody someone. else. Yeah. yeah. Was he nominated for Jack Sparrow? Oh, Goddamn right he was. <laughs> no, he was he really? Yeah, of course he was. Yeah, for the first movie. He was I nominated. He should have won. He and Bill Murray were both nominated that year. Lost in Translation and uh Pirates of the Caribbean, I believe that was the same year. All right. But yeah. Should have won. But it uh, doesn't always turn out this good, right, Elise? Conversely, Nicole Kidman and Javier Bardem have been cast as Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz in the Lucy and Ricky biopic. Uh-huh. And uh, Deborah Messing is rolling in her grave because Deborah Messing, I feel like, has built her entire career to this moment of cast me as Lucille Ball. <laughs> like she's has done she? the cause. Yeah, she's like dressed up as her. She's That's crazy. She's tried to have that like that comedic energy but nicole kidman as the seal ball i just don't get it and the the lucille ball estate her family has said like well we're not going for like a one-to-one you know resemblance or we're just going for the the idea and i'm like Mm -hmm. okay but like i just don't well i don't think of her as funny at all yeah nicole kidman's funny but i she's funny and bewitched (laughs) <laughs> but that movie universally panned. Uh, I like it. I, so. um, I think this is kind of like touches on something bigger that I think we're probably going to be discussing this episode, right? Like, which is the difference between getting it accurate, ah. 
right? Like making <laughs> like it, making it look all. accurate or Hollywoodizing the story, right? Like the, the, yeah. the fact that someone had an interesting life is merely the leaping off point for us to make a wacky Hollywood film. Man, I just looked up a picture of Deborah Messing as Lucille Ball and it is a, she's a dead ringer. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, like Javier Bardem, I think my favorite <laughs> looks like shit. is Javier Bardem as, as Desi Arnaz, who is like this beautiful, charming Cuban man. Like, and then Javier Bardem has a rugged attractiveness for sure, but it's like not, it's not the same at all. It's like they said, he has an accent. Is it the same accent? No. No. Well, let's cast him here. Is, it the same, is he from the same continent? No. <laughs> it's towards the end of their careers, I think. They're focusing on the, the latter half, you know, so maybe that's just him as a grizzled Ricky Ricardo. It, I mean, it must uh, be. Well, Ricky Ricardo is a character. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Ricardo is not that, like, bloated either, right? I mean, Javier Bardem looks the, good. You know, he's an older man. It's fine. But, mm -hmm. like... Well, but didn't, like, didn't Desi become, like, a silver fox in his later years? I don't know. I feel I like he remember. did. Yeah, he I, I don't know. Silver. Anyway, he did. Yeah, he's like because he would still fox. do the talk show circuit and stuff, and he was. He you know. great. Oh well. I'm anyway. very excited for this movie, though. I really. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about it, too, but, but you know, Aaron Sorkin wrote it, so and he is kind of the king right now of the. Well, I'm just inspired. The, the inspired by bio, biopic, like yeah, I don't really yeah. need all the. You know, he did the Social Network, which, like everyone likes it, but. I, I think everyone that even that knows Mark Zuckerberg knows that Jesse Eisenberg is nothing like him in real life. But yeah, they just kind of like, well, this is inspired by the story. So I can see him kind of going that route with Lucille Ball and saying, all right, Nicole, well, you're Lucy. We're, we're not trying he, to do it one to one. He also always has pretty interesting takes on like yeah. the like he well, like kind of what we talked about is the Hollywoodification of like distilling down who this person is and then like figuring out what that means as a movie. So like mm -hmm. the social network is like it's a it's a biopic about a 23 year old. And you're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, how could we possibly <laughs> even know what is going to be accomplished or what has been accomplished? But like, that's not the movie isn't about born and then death or everything in, and everything in between. It's focused on a moment. And then again, jobs, right? Like that, jobs that is just, I, I mean, but it, it's very, a very interesting take. Whereas, you know, there is, what is it? The war for Silicon Valley or whatever. And then mm -hmm. uh, the Ashton Kutcher one, which, which completely got There's like blown so out of many. the water. It's like, but that was like, he was a teenager. Oh, he's in high school. And then he like saw an apple on his teacher's desk and he went, oh, maybe. Oh, and like, whereas Jobs was just like, okay, let's just, what is this character? See if we can manifest whether true or not, just like the public perception of who this person is and then really like serve it to you on a platter. So like, I appreciate the change in execution, but that means that this Lucy and Desi biopic is going to take place entirely in like the back of a car or something you know like well yeah. it, it is taking place over one week of them filming the show so it, it's, yeah, it's it just is. like uh, that thing yeah, you're yeah. talking about you know he's he's like all right we're gonna put you in a day in the life of lucy and yeah. uh, and desi which i do think compared of the two kinds of biopics the the let's see him grow from beginning to end and the focusing on a moment in time i definitely yeah. like the second kind way better oh really there's not, yeah. yeah there's not many like I can't think of really that many uh, from birth to death biopics that I thought were like, okay, I'm glad I Benjamin saw Button. man's whole life. Benjamin okay, Button. Yes. <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Button. Right. <laughs> there, there's I think there's like... more examples of like 
Well, sorry. I think there's no, more no, examples ahead. of movies that are inspired by certain people yeah. that are like birth to death biopics that are way better than the actual like uh like Boogie Nights is basically about John Holmes. And yeah. there is there is a John Holmes biopic that is very much like Boogie Nights and it sucks with Val yeah. Kilmer. I know you're yeah. talking about. It's like the fictional version is way better than, yeah. than the real version. I w- yeah, I wouldn't call Boogie Nights a biopic at all. I, no. I call that uh, a jumping no. off point. Hi, guys. It's, it's not. Inspired, it's inspired on my list. It's a fake. Hi, guys. That's what I'm saying. It's a fake. Inspired by. I put okay, two yes, asterisks sir. next to it. I didn't say it was a biopic. Literally, I said it, I said it followed the biopic it's literally formula. on i'm no defending way. you patrick because we <laughs> all you. before this we gathered lists of our favorite biopics and on my list i put bracketed with two asterisks <laughs> boogie nights because uh-huh. thank it's you so dramatically inspired by a real person's life and parts of their parts of their career and and their stories and actual historical things that happened in and around los angeles that like it, it seems silly to not at least mention it. But again, asterisked. But I think, you know, we're talking about I don't think Steve Jobs actually said any of the bullshit that was in the Jobs movie either. You know, <laughs> yeah. like and uh, in the trial of Chicago seven, people have already come out and be like, what? That's not how any of that went. And we have like public records of every single thing that went down because it was a <laughs> yeah. trial. And it's like, eh. so at a certain point, the line blurs. But I like I like the variety. I do like the occasional movie that. Um, I mean, I don't know how much we want to get into it, at least, but like if we just start picking ours out here, because you have one on yours yeah. that is literally well, birth to death of a, of a human being. And I think it's pretty great. Yeah, I think we like need to maybe hone in on what we, we touched on a little bit, too, which was like there's variety we're talking about here because there's docudrama, too, which is just mm-hmm. like where it's not even really meant to be completely accurate. We're just getting a bunch of, it's a recreation almost. So like, it's not really focusing on one particular person, like all the president's men, which is awesome. is mm-hmm. not, it's based on real events. I wouldn't say it's a, it's by, it's a biopic by any means, but it's just yeah, like right. a recreation of real life. And I think like some of these, they kind of straddle the line there. True biopic, you really get inside someone's head perspective, what made them tick, their mm-hmm. hopes, their dreams, their their tragedies, their successes, like, and then there's there's stuff like Catch Me If You Can, which is like someone just uh, just talking about a, a, the exploits of their life, but maybe maybe a little more fantastical way. Mm-hmm. Um, but what was the one that you're looking at, James? From your list, Selena. Oh, Selena. Yeah, I, I was Selena, surprised that nobody put Selena. <laughs> Selena it's a classic. Is a, it's a great movie. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a great movie, and it is the like maybe. One of the few examples I can think of that is like a straight up like from birth to death of this of this real human being, because a lot of them, you know, don't necessarily follow that whole thing. You don't get to see with the exception of Benjamin Button, of course. Um, But like, you know, it it doesn't go all that way. But Selena actually is the kind of thing. The very first scene takes place before she even exists, but sets the tone for her entire life. And then. The final scene is her death, you know, and so spoiler. Um, and uh, and so I do think that's a pretty interesting example and may mm-hmm. actually be a standout. I like it's harder to think of movies. Why is Spider-Man on? Your list? <laughs> <laughs> Ryan? So one of the best biopics. Ever all right. Made. OK. All right. Never mind. <laughs> I would also say Selena of the like Hollywood biopics that follow 
especially with music where they are all essentially the same movie. Like oh, yeah. Yeah, Ray, Ray, the Johnny Cash one. I um, love Walk the Line. I, that was going to be my example of a of one that like Selena is is a I good. Don't. It's good. Wait, hang on, let me let me get through this thought. Sorry, I'm sorry. Because I don't like that movie. I think it's better oh. than most of them, but I don't like it. Um, I love it. All of those like Hollywood biopics that follow and a very very strict formula. Like they literally all open with the person backstage before a big concert. The Queen movie. I think Selena is the the standout of that where it still it follows that formula, but it's actually it's pretty good. I don't remember mm-hmm. Helen Mirren b- backstage at a concert beginning of that. It's before a pri- they it's they Helen center Mirren. the 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 catalyst or the climax of the film is always like oh. this this um, legacy defining event, and then yeah. they no, go yeah, all right, they I, pick I, that and then they go back right. So yeah, yeah. yeah. about the Queen. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's her backstage with Queen uh, before yeah, they yeah. play their concert for the Queen. Like, oh, yeah. got it. And they're all chanting yeah. the Queen, the Queen, the Queen. <laughs> there's you remember. There's a, a, another. There's another kind of version of that which is very similar. That like the formula that as I was going through this, I realized is like uh, is the gangster movie right? Like these are. Yeah. historical films but they are also the irishman uh, yeah i mean i think it, the irishman is that based on it a true story hell yeah kind <laughs> of yeah. like yeah. sort of serious? right loosely it's not, not a totally biopic is. by any means um but uh but i mean like i had wolf of wall street and goodfellas i i yeah. chose i did not put casino but it's all they're all the <sighs> same they're all the same movie yeah. I'm like, well, they're also let me all tell by you about Martin, they're all Martin Martin Scorsese. i know yeah yeah <laughs> who's got a thing you know he, yeah he's, um, he does his thing very well but it's very much his thing have you guys seen uh factory girl the Edie sedgwick movie I, I i did haven't no uh that so. one is is it's actually like a very sad you know her 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 life story sienna miller um but in it uh like i haven't seen it in a long time but you get that that kind of introspection into who she was and like what made her tick and then but hayden christensen plays bob dylan in it too just want to put that out there it's um, kind of a dick to her yeah oh and andy warhol who plays andy warhol just I a quick clarification. I, I just want to clarify something real quick. I confused the Irishman with the departed. <laughs> okay. Because, <laughs> because they're also wondering. Boston in it that they could theoretically change. They the could exchange names Murphy's. if they wanted to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I put, speaking of Bob Dylan, I put this in. I don't even think it's one of my favorites. I just think it's a very interesting biopic. Have you seen I'm Not There? Yeah, I didn't like uh, it. I don't think it's. I don't really think it's very good either. But I just I put it in there from Bob Dylan because it's very interesting. Where they have like all these different actors playing Bob Dylan, but it's like weird little vignettes from his life. Mm -hmm. Just want to let you guys know that Andy Warhol was played by Guy Pearce, Factory Girl. What can't he do? That works, I guess. There, there also uh, seems to be this trend of like we can't just tell a straight biopic. We've got to make it like have some kind of edge to it, or like Rocket Man, where there's mm-hmm. like all these fancy fantasy sequences. And I liked Rocket Man, but like fantasy sequences, music sequences, and it wor- it works with who he was. Is yeah, is. I mean, I I think those are like attempts at like battling what Patrick was saying, <laughs> like 
mm-hmm. you know, because ultimately it's like, how do you figure out that format? You can either go full on Sorkin, which is, yeah, we are literally pulling a slice of this and then it's a character study. But if you want something else, like I do think that their Rocket Man is a fun compromise where it does follow him from a boy to basically almost where he is now. I mean, not I guess it cuts off in the 80s or whatever, but like um, and uh, and it uses the art form that that person pursued to really like shape that tone and like really give you insight into who they are right so and it makes it fun it would be stupid to make a uh a uh elton john movie without elton john music which what when did that happen didn't that happen was there some there was some the rights not elton john but wasn't there some sort of movie where they it was a made based on a, a certain musical artist and they didn't have the rights to any of the music so there's like none oh of that person's God. music really in it. Familiar. It sounds really familiar and I'll keep digging into it while you guys talk. But yeah, I, I think you that like you kind of have to because that's what people are there for. Right. Imagine trying to celebrate Elton John's life without his, all of his art in it. You know, um, one subgenre of of biopic that I seem to like looking at my things that I hadn't thought about is the biopic where the main the person is not necessarily the main character. My number one favorite one of a biopic ever is Amadeus, and Mozart is like the secondary character, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. uh, 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 and I, I, there's something about that where you're kind of getting it from a different person's perspective. And another one that does that is uh, uh, the Fighter, the Christian Bale, um, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg, how he's kind of the secondary character, and Behind the Candelabra, where uh, uh, what's his fucking name? Liberace? Uh, Liberace, yeah. Liberace's mm-hmm. kind of the secondary weird character. But also that can kind of go bad. I thought that the, the Mr. Rogers uh, one they did Ugh. that with, did, that didn't really work at all, where it's like, I want to see Mr. Rogers. Why, why are we following Same. this other asshole? Mm-hmm. Same. And, and with that, I, I really felt like I wanted to, to get what made Mr. Rogers tick. And by having the person we were following be a an outsider who wasn't even like super close to Mr. Rogers, I felt mm-hmm. like, I, like I wanted to know like, what happened when Mr. Rogers went home behind closed doors and had a conversation with his son? And, yeah. and we didn't get that. Uh, Ryan, to question about that, do you think that when it's like it's following not the who the subject is, but someone beside them, you, that's like to me, that's like that's a that's a device so they can either kind of like keep the, the subject mysterious or kind of like condemn them. Or make them sort of this, you know, still like a mythical person. Yeah, there's that. It obviously helps like when the secondary character is a big part of their life and had a big effect on them. And they're kind of part of the take on the story. Like with Milos Forman's Amadeus and stuff. Yeah, he's it's about a guy obsessed with Mozart and kind of it's like trying to find out what makes him tick. So it's almost like he's a stand in for the audience and you're kind of like his obsession with Mozart is a part of the theme of the movie about what, you know, what makes greatness, what makes somebody a prodigy like that when everything else about his life sucks. And, and I think it's definitely important to have it be a take. It can't just be some random person. Like the Mr. Rogers thing just seemed kind of arbitrary. Like you're saying yeah. who well, that guy's life had nothing to do with it. It's like, it, you're only using this as a device to, to see him a, uh, from a different person's perspective and it didn't work. 
And I couldn't yeah. tell if it was trying to send a message of like, even the per a person that Mr. Rogers wasn't close to, he had such a massive impact on their life, but it wasn't what I wanted from the movie. And sometimes I wonder if, if, uh, structuring a movie, a biopic that way is a bit of a cop out because it's like, we don't actually know that much about this person. What? Well, <laughs> like, did you like Amadeus? Well, I've, oh, sorry, I've never Trips. seen Amadeus. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, I just, I was just going to say, cause like, I think part of the issue with Mr. Rogers, number one is David Bowie. There's a movie called Stardust that came out uh. that has no, it's a David Bowie biopic. <laughs> oh, right, right. Okay. They oh. couldn't license any David Bowie music, music, but two, <laughs> That that Mr. Rogers movie came out so close to the the documentary, mm -hmm. and even mm -hmm. the documentary had insight into Mr. Rogers that was like you know it was very glowing and it was very much like listen as much digging as we could do he's he's a pretty great guy but it still had interviews with his kids where they were like yeah sometimes it really sucked because like we just wanted a dad and he yeah. was too busy like trying to like kind of like raise the country's children like <laughs> yeah. and it wasn't like it wasn't perfect whereas shortly thereafter it's weird to have a movie come out where tom hanks plays mr rogers and this guy goes he can't be perfect and at the end of the movie they goes he is and it's like <laughs> hold on a minute like we already know he's not from much more reliable yeah. sources that is probably a more interesting take it i mean it felt a lot like the um waiting for mr Guppen. uh no, not waiting for Mr. Guffman. The the other Tom Hanks <laughs> biopic where he plays Mr. Walt Disney. Mr. Banks. Sa saving Mr. Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Banks. That's it. Yeah. Saving Mr. Banks where that. <laughs> Mr. Brooks with Dane Cook is, and Kevin Costner. <laughs> is fine of a movie as that is. It's it feels like propaganda. And I think that's like one of they the worst that, things that a yeah. biopic can feel like is <laughs> is like it's like and Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody is the same way. <laughs> it's just like prop, propaganda made by the people who yeah. really stand to profit off of you liking this person, telling you how fucking incredible they are. And like with nothing like, oh, the bad stuff in their life. Yeah, sure. There was some drama, but not not them. They didn't do nothing. Like mm -hmm. they were genius, you see. And like those, I feel like are some of the worst examples of what to do with this, this genre. That's, that's what puts me off to most biopics. I think is they all do feel like propaganda, but I think what Ryan's saying is true. Like if you have somebody else that you're like viewing this person f through the lens of, you can be like, Oh, this is how this person sees them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't have to watch it and be like, this is a living God. I can be like, that's mm -hmm. how this person sees it. There's, there's a bias like, there. I, I noticed mm -hmm. no one put the doors on their list. <laughs> I like it. I <laughs> thought, yeah, I don't like what it did to Val Kilmer's arm. It put that bump on it. <laughs> the but But that, that's the best example for me, because I fucking hate the doors. Of just oh, like yeah. a, movie, a movie that is just like, this person... Because if you don't like Jim Morrison, you just watch that movie and you're like, this guy's a fucking asshole. This guy's an idiot. Yeah. Well, in the movie, he looks like an idiot. But too, in the though. movie, they that... make. Yeah, but they're also like, clearly, this guy, this guy's a mystical so, genius. Too, it's aggrandizing. It's, I don't. Sure. It's, I don't it's see a that tightrope I mean, walking, because if you didn't, if you weren't interested or at least mildly in awe of this person or this this group, you probably wouldn't be making a movie about them, right? But I think, right. I mean, you know, someone's, if you're their biggest fan, you probably shouldn't be in charge of said movie, right? In a yes. lot of cases. <laughs> yeah. And and there are movies that feel like it was made by a bunch of fans. And those just, it feels like, yeah, like it feels like. 
it's too too much too into it too enamored yeah. with this subject I, I, matter. I, I, I'd argue that, but by showing Jim Morrison die in the bathtub at the end of the movie, they're kind of—it's kind of like everything before Spoiler. that. You're supposed to. Oh Come yeah, on. sorry. <laughs> you're like, anyway. Uh, uh, but people eat that shit up. They're like, he passed out on stage. It's like, yeah, okay, that's a bad entertainer. That's a bad performance. That's <laughs> sounds not like you cool. don't like Jim Morrison. That sucks. <laughs> like it sounds like you got something against. Jim I also Morrison. really dis. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I on the opposite end of that spectrum where I want to—I want to see him fail. Which he does. Yeah, I, I won. I won in the end. <laughs> it it sucks that the estates of these people have like like you know, uh, we all we were all set up for a Sacha Baron Cohen Queen Freddie Mercury yes. Queen movie, and then mm, and that then that so got taken good. away from us by the Queen yeah. people. <sighs> Tupac, yeah. we were going to get an amazing Tupac biopic with John Singleton, but then his whole family backed out. Yeah, that would have uh, just because they want the perfect. And then we got a shitty Tupac fucking biopic. So yeah, I think that they need to. Uh, Hand over the keys to uh, the film. The lives of their loved ones. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, my, over, that's, my, that's my hot take. That's <laughs> the Selena thing too, right? Like her family has insane control over both the movie and the series. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The series seems so dramatically different tonally and, and like, and just in everything. It's, it's, it is really wild to me. My wife gets very upset. My w- I have a wife. Now. My wife. My wife. Gets- My wife. Very, very, very upset watching that show. But she but continues also, to watch. But also she, feels yeah, obligated to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. But I get. Well, they, I hear it. All well, they announced. Every- they said season two. I went. There's a season two. <laughs> well, well, season one yeah. must have not gotten very far. She wasn't. She like 24 when she died. Like this is like if we did a trilogy. Trilogy twenty three. This is like did, this is like if we did a trilogy about uh, Mark Zuckerberg, like you know, <laughs> his progression anyway. from human to just completely otherworldly mm-hmm. <laughs> alien. Oh, on that surf, I want to see this. Just the I want to see an hour and a half about the story of him on that surfboard. <laughs> he didn't get Can sunburned. You... Elise, do you want to wrangle this? Sorry. No, I just I, just, <laughs> I have to I have to, to throw to an ad, but I have a question for you guys too. But but first we'll uh, we'll hear some words from me, you, Elise. Take it away. Wow. This episode is sponsored by Popcorn and Shield. If you're watching Film House as you are, you know that I love to talk about movies and could talk about them all day. And now I'm teaming up with my fellow Rooster Teeth cohorts, Alfredo Diaz and Blaine Gibson. And we are getting all cinephile in the Warner Brothers movie vault with the podcast Popcorn and Shield. If you've ever asked yourself, is Gremlins a Christmas movie? Or how does Kongskull Island fit into the extended King Kong Godzilla universe? Or is The Goonies the most quintessential 80s movie? Then this is the show for you. The Popcorn and Shield cast have been given access to Warner Brothers' massive movie vault. And we'll dive into the details of new releases like Mortal Kombat, the Batman animated series, and all things MonsterVerse. Popcorn and Shield airs every other Friday on the Warner Brothers Entertainment Channel. We're also joined by some of our other Rooster Teeth friends like Kayla Milton, Jessica Vasami, and Noelle Wiggins. And uh, we're just talking all things celluloid here. It's a great time. I love doing the show and uh, could talk about these movies and franchises forever. So come rummage around the Warner Brothers vault with Popcorn and Shield as we rediscover old gems and get nerdy about new releases. Subscribe to Popcorn and Shield and get even more entertainment all on the Warner Brothers Entertainment Channel at the link in the description below. Yeah, so Patrick was was the Selena series that you were watching over your wife's shoulder. Was that like the last biopic that you can recall watching? Ye- or has there been actually, something since? 
Yeah. So in order in in prepping for this, I was trying to find some of the like stranger biopics out there. So I I did watch Superstar, the Karen Carpenter story. Oh hell oh, yeah! I thought you meant the Molly Ringwald movie. No. <laughs> or not no, no, Molly no. Ringwald. Molly, Molly Shannon. Shannon. Molly Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> I knew who you meant. I knew who you meant. Yeah. I knew you meant too. <laughs> uh, no, it's like a forty-five minute. Is it Todd Haynes? I think. Yeah, Todd Haynes. Uh, yeah. And it's made with Barbies. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's it's weird. from the internet. But that, though. that, that, I, I would say it goes that, then the Selena movie, then maybe, maybe the Molly Crew movie yeah. before that, and then Queen. Uh, There's probably others in there too, I'm sure, that I've forgotten about. But Ryan, do you recall the last one you've seen? I, I think the last one I saw in theaters was The Disaster Artist, if you call that a biopic. Yeah. Uh, which I, I do. So. I love that yep. movie. Mm-hmm. I thought it was great. I can't think of another one that's come out recent, more recently than that, though. Mm. James? All the ones I just the, mentioned? The, the most recent one that I think I saw was Scorpion King. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which way? Which one? <laughs> The first one. Oh, the first one oh, before okay. they veered okay. so far away from the historical accuracies of the Scorpion King. I thought Randy Couture um, filled out the role beautifully. But <laughs> I feel like I feel like it has been a while. Honestly, I was looking at everyone's list and I'm like, oh man, it has been a while since I've seen like any of these. Um, when we did the Let's Play live tour, there was a DVD copy of Frida oh, yeah. that someone had left on the bus. And since we all had portable DVD players in our cubby, I watched Frida, and that movie's really great. Um, well, we, it's not but. T- technically a biopic. I think it's more the, you know, a portion of the lives of these people. But we watched Stan and Ollie. Oh, right. Mm. Stan and Ollie. Yeah. But that, I think that counts. And we were just talking about that. Like, it, it is kind of like the Lucy and Desi one, right? It focuses on them, not when you'd think you would get a biopic about them, them post-career, like post-breakup, reuniting for a live show tour in the twilight of their careers or whatever. Um, But it was pretty great. It's great. I mean, I don't know how much, if you want to talk more about it, at least, because I think there's really cool things. It's the Laurel and Hardy one? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think there were really cool things about it because if you're a fan, kind of like we we were saying with Rocket Man, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you expect to get Elton John music to celebrate the life of these people. And one of the things that Stan and Ollie does is they weave what would have been hypothetical uh, Laurel and Hardy bits like vaudeville sequences into the film itself that almost certainly didn't transpire in real life. But like something as simple as them trying to get a heavy piece of luggage up a set of stairs. Right. And it, it's woven pretty seamlessly into oh, the narrative yeah, yeah. where it's like, oh, no, they actually have to catch this train to the next spot. So they bring their luggage up, but then they have some sort of silly interaction that results in one of them dropping the luggage, which goes all the way down. And it's like, oh, now hats off. What am I supposed to do? Like, mm-hmm. and it is really fun and satisfying as someone who appreciates those artists to see. That's one of those situations where someone can be a fan and get it. Like, cause you kind of have to be what makes a good Laurel and Hardy sketch, right? You have to know that. And then you have to also be able to make a movie. So I did, I did love that aspect of it. Yeah. It was very charming. It was, it was sad too, like yeah. extremely sad. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I watched Julia, Julie and Julia over the last year, which I never thought that I would watch. It's the Meryl Streep as Julia Child uh-huh. biopic where like it's also contrasted against Amy Adams, who's a big fan of hers. I heard that um, that was had similar Mr. Rogers vibes where you don't really care about one Julia or am I wrong? I haven't seen it. I did. I mean, I definitely cared more when Meryl Streep was on screen and we were mm-hmm. watching her um, mm-hmm. and she, and I enjoyed it like a lot more than I thought I was going to. I like food. Mm-hmm. If I like yeah. food, will I like it? Yeah, I think I think you would really appreciate Julia Child's outlook on life and like life attitude. Like knowing your your life attitude and like the lust you have for life, Ryan, I think you would you would be like, Julia Child is pretty dope. But like she was also like somebody just kind of like she marched to her own drum in the best way possible. And, you know, I I had a whole new appreciation for her because when I was a kid, it was just kind of like, oh, this this weird woman that has a cooking show and kind of talks like, you know, (laughs) Um, but yeah, she. I was like, Julia Child seemed pretty dope. Hell yeah, I uh, that. Death of Stalin was one of my favorite movies of 2018, and is by no means that. a biopic, um, but it do, it is a like a lampoon on a certain time in history. Mm-hmm. And now, when I fell great. asleep watching that film, <laughs> I I, <laughs> I oh, no. did not love what I saw before I fell asleep. And what I, do you remember? I remember. Well, for one. What they're in Russia, right? And everyone it, it, that is part of the joke. Everyone's yeah. just American, though, right? No, they're mostly <laughs> British, except for Steve Buscemi. Yeah, Steve Buscemi's uh, just wandering around like talking normal. He's like Steve Buscemi. But not that that's there's anything wrong with but that. But it's okay. So first setting up, it's Armando Iannucci, right? Yeah, in the so, loop and stuff. Right? So he's done in the loop. He does a reckless disregard for how he does he a lot of like colorblind casting. Yeah, but also like political uh, drama, right? Like he has a comedic sense that is very unique. Yeah, so. I I definitely it, it felt like kind of the uh, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of like uh, almost like an Aaron Sorkin-y like like version of 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 source kind of like how Social Network is all these kids that do not talk like that, right? They're, he's they're, oh, yeah. they're speaking in these very verbose you know no monologues like and that. stuff but and it was a bunch of you know the, the stalin movie felt like a kind of uh yeah this very quick-witted yeah. everyone's talking like they're like jokesters and but, it's a political comedy and I, I there was something to like about it i just was like this didn't you i didn't love it you should you should give it another try earlier in the day because yeah. it is it is really funny and when you juxtapose the fact that it is it takes place in the power vacuum in russia after one of the 20th century's most horrendous dictators dies Mm -hmm. like and like what what that means for the country and like the the small handful of quote-unquote trusted advisors who surround him and how they can vulture this this moment to like make sure they aren't the next one on the chopping block because (laughs) everyone is just a horrific person it is really funny to see them like chest bumping or like like (laughs) <laughs> I mean, there's just a reoccurring gag shortly after Stalin dies where one by one they come into the room and they all react to the fact that he pissed himself. <laughs> like, 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 it's just like you would not get that in a in a more dramatic, you know, a brave heart or something like that. You wouldn't get a moment like that in in a bigger, grander movie that takes it. So we must treat this so honorably. It's mm-hmm. like, no, it's 
it's it's just jokey it's fun like you know and i i really i i agree with elise like it was just a fantastic movie well, um, in terms of our biopic discussion, yeah, because I, I like I was going to put in, Inglorious Bastards in my list of favorite biopics, you know, because <laughs> like I like movies that take history and just fucking like fuck history. We're going to like mm-hmm. do our own history. You know, uh, I like that genre. <laughs> well, um, right. But I that's just, all fake. I don't. I don't know if the yeah, I don't know Hitler if that dies at the falls end of it. like it's murdered at the end. as much. Yes, it did. It, the World War Two did exist, but I think everything else from that point. Because I mean, at least with Death of Stalin, the starting point and the end point are the same. Like yeah, but mm-hmm. it's totally a skit version of it. It's like it's all the it's lens. Like, yeah, the it's it's sure these people are existed, based but, on people. Yeah, right. But every single thing that comes <laughs> out of their fucking mouth is a joke, you know, and it's well, not like, like how it actually happened in reality. Right. But like we said, even with the trial of Chicago seven, like they have transcripts of the trial. And uh-huh. Aaron Sorkin said, don't show me. Don't you dare show me those specter. I like get out of my <laughs> office like I have no need for them. I will write my own transcript. Yeah, you that's know? why I was comparing Death of Stalin to yeah, Sorkin thing, because it seems like he's like, all right, we're just going to take history as a template and then we're going to do our own shit. I, Which I, I wanted appreciate. to I wanted to pose this to the group because uh, Elise and I both had it on here on our lists. Um, and it's one of the few examples I can think of. But um, The Wind Rises, which Never is saw a it. Studio Ghibli film that Ghibli focus Ghibli. Yeah. Did you say Ghibli? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What do you say? You say you say biopic <laughs> and Ghibli. Come <laughs> yeah. on. Hey, I Come guess on. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, it's it's like an example of the guy who created the zero right the zero uh, fighter plane, which is like mm-hmm. one of the deadliest killing machines yeah. of World War Two. Um, and but it's it's a beautiful again. It's from what you know is you know a lot of. Howl's Moving Castle. They're not children's films by any means, but like it's a, it's basically mm, the Disney cartoons, of Japan, right? Like, and so it is pretty interesting to think that would come from a studio like that. I mean, not really when you think about everything that they've done, but, um, but uh, I can't think of many other. I uh, just they're just slipping my mind other examples of animated stuff at least you i know you had at least one but i had persepolis in there Mm -hmm. oh yeah yeah. which is really yeah it's a a coming of age especially set against the iranian revolution um which totally you know was a an event of upheaval that if you were coming of age in that time was going to just be a, a really disruptive you know event that that changed especially for the the author uh who was a woman like that's that's completely life changing, you know, the trajectory mm-hmm. that you think that you're on. Um, but yes, uh, Persepolis is is great. Can I can I just say that I <laughs> I just Googled just to make sure I wasn't being completely crazy. Um, animated biography movies. And the first one that comes up is Loving Vincent, which I did forget about, which is oh. uh, Vincent Van Gogh film mm-hmm. where every single mm frame is like one of his paintings the second one is the wind rises Mm -hmm. the fourth one is persepolis and Mm -hmm. the third one is ants (laughs) (laughs) so i'm sorry did you say how much i said ants with a z so i don't know how much we can actually trust uh trust google here in this in this situation whose life was ants based woody (laughs) allen's in in ants's defense 
Kung Fu Panda is on the next line down, so something may have gotten mixed up here. Okay. Hang on, hang on, we gotta get to the bottom of this. I, don't, I think um, it's just it's just a movie about something. Like I don't know yeah. what what it actually is considering. I mean, I guess you would have stuff like Moses, the the Moses movie or whatever. I did see a lot of that. Like listed on because I was looking like trying to remember some and it was like the Ten Commandments. It's like that. That's pretty. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's technically a biopic. Um, so it, it, are. it is interesting that there's. I mean, it looks like if you go internationally, there's more. But like, yeah, I'm sure how oh. that isn't that for whatever reason people haven't seen animation as a as a vehicle for telling these stories in a lot of ways. Well, hang on, was James, there a real Kung Fu Panda? Yeah, there was. Uh, oh, fourth century, fourth century uh, China. There was a, oh. he was a fighting panda that. Honestly, uh, then that was a pretty good biopic. I have yeah. a lead that directly affects you, James. Um, okay. In March, 20, March, 2021, you love Robbie Williams. And it was announced that Robbie Williams will, will be reimagined as a CGI monkey in the forthcoming biopic, Better Man. I can't wait. Oh, my God. Helmed I by Greatest wait. Showman director Michael Gracie will show Uh-oh. Williams as a CGI animal rather than being depicted by an IRL actor. That's for like probably referencing the song, yes. Me and My Monkey. Is that a song? Yeah. Are they still making that biopic about uh, Michael Jackson's monkey? Bubbles? B- Bubbles? Yeah. There was like a Bubbles movie in the works. Yeah, I was on the blacklist for forever. Yeah. It goes to space or something. <laughs> I don't I feel remember. Like that but would like, be that's that again, we're talking tight ropes. And not just because it's a monkey, but like I feel like that is a tough but a tough on one a to monkey? execute on. Yeah. The, a, a couple of biopics that just got really uh, announced that are sound weird or interesting. There's there was a uh, uh, Venus Williams, Venus and Serena Williams' dad is going to have a biopic. Oh, like, yeah. By, by like Will Smith okay. or, or somebody. Oh, I don't yeah. I'm like, that's a weird, that's kind of a weird take on that. And then also the one that got released this week that was, that blew my mind was Robert De Niro announced he's going to star as that comedian, Italian comedian, Sebastian Maniscalco. Maniscalco? Yeah. I mean, yeah. About a biopic on his life. Starring Robert De Niro. Yeah. Robert De Niro keeps Robert, playing stand-up comedians. Robert De Niro but seems ho- way too old. old. Yeah, Sebastian Maniscalco is like maybe what, like early forties. I don't know. Maybe he's playing his dad or he's something. He's not gonna be able to move. He's not gonna be able to kick his leg behind his his Well after the Irishman, he can do anything with digital effects. He, no, he couldn't. That was a big thing, is he couldn't <laughs> move. His old man walk. <laughs> well Sebastian Maniscalco was in that movie too, the Irishman. Yeah, he was. Yeah, that's probably why he met on set and he's like, I want to play you in a movie. Oh, yeah. he's like, Are you high? <laughs> OK, <laughs> whatever. I'm going to play you in a movie. Uh, oh, it, it is to play his father, by uh-huh. the way. Oh, OK. All right. That makes more makes sense. Makes a lot oh, more sense. OK. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I couldn't see him. I couldn't see him kicking his leg back. He tells me to take off my shoes and he kicks his leg back. James, oh. James and I, we like, we were at, where were we at? Hollywood Improv or Comedy Store somewhere. Comedy and we store, just went to go see like, this is maybe, I don't know, five years ago. We just went to go see like a night of stand-up comedy. And Sebastian mm-hmm. Maniscalco was like part of it. And we were very front row. And it was like, I was exhausted watching him. Because he yeah. like, uses, he moves his whole body. <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? 
But I was dying. He's funny. He's funny. But he's he's very much presentation. He's oh, like maybe the last. I've seen the last. The, I've seen this the, guy at the comedy store. Yeah. Also. Okay. They, maybe yeah, we were yeah. there on the same night. Their but house. I've, def- not. I've definitely. I've definitely seen. Off no, we my weren't. Shoes. Yeah. I'm a, girl, I'm a 45 year old man. In my is he always like? Tu- the, is he always like hit the mic too? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Okay. The big yeah. the trick is that oh. is a, and then and then drop the mic and let it hang there. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what are you saying, though, James? He, he's the last what? He's like the last of the physical comedians. Like he feels go. like he he should have been in like the late '80s, early '90s when comedians yeah. would like again wear like suspenders or like whatever. Now comedians are like very. I'm gonna monologue at you, and like his stand up yeah. is like a different landscape now. Well, James, when you did your stand up, weren't you gonna try doing the thing Dave Chappelle does, where he like laughs at his own joke and like crumples yeah. and hits his leg with his? Yeah, he he drops. Just do exactly. Dave Chappelle that. does a thing where he he makes himself laugh, yep. and then he the, lets the mic fall almost from his hand, and then thumps it on his thigh. To get like a, it's like, like a laugh away and then a dunk. And I, mm-hmm. before I did stand up uh, the last time, I said to Lisa, I was like, I'm going to try and I'm going to do the Dave Chappelle thing this one time. And at some point, I did do did it, it and it got a laugh. It works. Yeah, it works. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, I hope uh, Hollywood learns some things from, I mean, the, I don't think they ever will because, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the, the Queen biopic was, was a woof. And it still got, you know, still, it, didn't it win? Didn't it win yeah. best editing? It won best editing <sighs> when it and had objectively accurate. the worst editing of any film of the whole year. Yeah, there's like <laughs> entire YouTube funny. channels about how bad that editing is. Which you is weird to think about it. something like that being objective, but it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Sometimes for those awards, it's like, all right, the, the only one, the, the editing that we oh, all noticed the most, we're going to yeah. give it to, even if that's not a good thing. Even if it's not good, <laughs> well, it's, yeah. Googling, Googling Bohemian Rhapsody and editing yielded the most results. So thusly, <laughs> yeah. it won for that. Mm-hmm. It won for having right. the most edits, not the best edits. Um, yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, Hollywood, I hope you watch this podcast yeah, no. and you're, you learned something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that thanks thanks for talking about this subject and I I can't wait to see Pam and Tommy's love story as it was meant to be seen on the small screen with <laughs> ads between wait. it. <laughs> <laughs> they should release yeah, some, uh, they should release kind of like how uh uh snyder released his black and white version of the snyder cut they should do like a really grainy vhs version of the Pam and Pam and Lee <gasps> Uh, kind of like, kind of like the sex tape, like the like sex, sex tape. tape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. has like tracking errors and stuff. Exactly. Right? Yeah, that's right. really good. Do you think that's... the movie? Because the movie's sort of about the sex tape, right? It's got to be. Do you, Seth Rogen do you sells think, the sex tape. Do you think they will do a shot-for-shot remake of the sex tape within the movie? Is he going to drive a boat with his dick? <laughs> didn't didn't that's that's what I'm saying. Like, will they will they, they have? If they have any artistic integrity at all, unsimulated sex scene between the two actors in this movie, mm. Mm. where you see everything, you see everything. Uh, also, yeah, could we all g- go around and give our review of the actual sex tape? Um, Patrick, we'll start with you. I assume you watched it. <laughs> Patrick, your thoughts? Uh, Newly married, not, Patrick. Not in a yes. long, long time. Um, <laughs> He's been watching I'm gonna, Selena uh, long, long. the series. He has seen it. 
<laughs> the guy's got a big dick. There's no argument there. Uh, I'm gonna go with five out of ten because it's just too. The quality is not aged well. Mm. It's it's like in 140p. Mm. Yeah, the quality is bad. Yeah, um, you can feel a connection between the cast, but other than that, we'll have to push for off. a restoration. I, I never actually yeah. saw it. Um, <laughs> 4K. Unfortunately, I never actually right. saw it. The the one okay, yeah. the only clip that I was able to no I'll be honest the only clip I was able to find when I went to try and find it was just them hanging out on a boat and I was like this sucks <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't it was there was no sex there was no mm-hmm. nudity it was just the two of them on vacation and I was like this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life and then I went back to trying to decipher Cinemax scrambled Cinemax yeah yeah well, oh, well. the good old That's days. Our- that's our show for this week. Uh, you can find that sex tape online. And we'll link it in the probably description. We'll put it in the description. You can also find the Eternals trailer online, Elise. Yeah. And you can find news about the MGM purchase uh, uh, by Amazon. Yeah. By Jeff Bezos owns. Yeah. He owns Bond. Great. Uh, that, that, that lion was filmed roaring at the memphis zoo little trivia fact there for everybody so jeff bezos owns well one of the lions there's been like 10 of them but uh okay yeah that lion's been dead for probably a hundred years oh they killed it right after the shoot they had to put it down (laughs) (laughs) the shot that's in the logo is actually him lunging for the trainer Uh, took out took out (laughs) took an arm took a big chunk out of his arm they had to put the put the lion down so have you seen anyway. that real? Have you seen that movie where they have like a hundred actual lions and like every single person involved Roar. is hospitalized? It's amazing. I've talked, I talked. I tried to talk all these people on this podcast into seeing that two Check years ago, and no one's Roar seen it. Roar is great. <laughs> well, that's all the time we have. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>